And we are live on Facebook. Our Monday Revelations with our gang, the Pulp Revelators. Uh, before we get talking, it, the first thing we do is go through the episode of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier as we've done with WandaVision. And we're going to talk all about it. So if you haven't watched it, don't watch the show uh, because there will be spoilers throughout. And yeah, maybe Joe will be back soon. <laughs> Joe's gone. Uh, he didn't watch it. <laughs> he hasn't seen it, so he logged off. Um, and uh, as we were talking a bit, this has been, there was a lot packed into an episode, including um, an ending that I certainly didn't see coming, uh, tying in Black Panther and Wakanda and um, man. So, I, you know, we'll go around the screen. Uh, Power Brokers, what'd you guys think of uh, episode three? I loved it. I, you know, I hadn't been a huge fan of the series yet through the first two episodes. Not that I disliked it. I just, it hadn't really caught me. It's certainly the same way WandaVision did or some of the other ones. This one, I, you know, the, the, the political, I don't want to say commentary, but just the way that they're aligning all this. On one hand, it's really hard to keep track of. I think afterwards I needed to go watch a few recaps of like what the hell actually just happened because it was really, really a lot to take in. Um, but I love where the series is going. I feel like we're getting, you know, they're revealing so many characters, you know, from the comics. I mean, this week we got Smiling Tiger, which was fun, you know, and, and the plot's really picking up. And I feel like it's going to be a really important moment in the MCU by the time this is over. You have anything to add to that? Mm. <laughs> He's kind of like the, um, the uh, color guy from Major League. U.S. <laughs> agent, what do you think? Um, I I also really like where this is going. Uh, I like the direction they're taking it in. I like how they're. Uh, this was the most complete episode, I would say, of any of the TV episodes. Um, you really got a, a a big story, a lot of reveals, a lot of a lot of storyline that was packed into it. Um, but I think you have to. I mean, we're halfway through. It really had to develop, and we needed to see where they were going. Um, I like some of the characters that they're alluding to, and for us comic book fans and us geeks out there, you know, they're they're throwing a lot of Easter eggs out there and a lot of names that we would know from from other, uh, you know, comics. And so that that was really good. I, I'm I'm liking where it's going. Um, uh, I mean, that's all I have to say right now. But I'm I'm sure you guys are going to spark more interest here. Tim, what'd you think? I loved it. It's it's great. I loved um, I love that it ended on like a real cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. You know, they they've kind of each episode, even with Wandavision, they kind of brought you to like a natural ending point. And I feel like this one was just a true like cliffhanger. Like you wanna, you can't wait to see the next episode. I find myself wondering we we're three episodes into a six episode season. Like, how much are they actually going to cover? Because my goodness, they've only got three hours left. And I, I like the I liked we talked about that Wakanda tie-in at the end. Mm-hmm. I like that it's a Bucky who is connected to that tie-in, and I, I like the idea. Or I wonder with Wakanda, like 
is Bucky going to have an allegiance issue? Is or is he going to have some sway with them because they know him? It's going to be really interesting. I think it's really cool. You got to figure. I, I, my guess is that that Bucky, you know, is using Zemo to to try to get to an end to figure out what's going on here. He doesn't owe Zemo much, you know. I mean, Zemo kind of had him, uh, you know, written off to get killed and not care. So it's an interesting alliance right now. And, and to me, what's also really interesting about that, I mean, aren't, <laughs> I mean, are we going to end this season with those, with these two on the run? I mean, breaking out Zemo is not a minor detail, right? Like, I mean, they were not allowed to do that. They should not have done that. That's a pretty major overstep and overreach of what their authority is, even by superhero terms. So I wonder if this is going to end with the, the two of them or the two of them and Sharon Carter or all of them on the lamb kind of being almost vigilante type superheroes because i mean they've done a lot of stuff i mean they've killed people they broke zemo out of prison and they've done a lot of stuff that is not to superhero code right well don't forget that bucky's treatment is court ordered because he's on probation already right i mean how who's gonna put cuffs on the Winter Soldier. I mean, I'd like to see that play out. <laughs> like, I mean, unless he goes willingly and goes, you're right, Steve would want this. I don't I don't see it going well for whoever tries to do it. Uh, they could bring in the Avengers. I, there's so much to do in three more episodes. Yeah. yeah. So, I, Joe, I just want to give us all enjoy. Yeah. Joe, what was your take on episode three? Uh, I really liked episode three. Uh, it was... Well, first of all, I think I said last week I got the scene. I got the scene I wanted to see, which was Bucky walking in in front of Zemo. Zemo going through the the list and the words. <laughs> you call and that. him being like, you know, that doesn't work on me. You know, and I said that last week. I was like, I just want to see that kind of acknowledgement that this doesn't work and Zemo trying it. Um, but I think, like Mark said, I kind of have to go back and rewatch it. Like I watched it one full time through, and then I watched a lot of like reviewers or like easter egg things about certain things but there's still a bit that i was just it just kind of was like there was just a lot that just happened you know from them breaking him out to them being in uh this uh, i forget what it's called uh it's a it's a big comic what was it mandapur yeah Mandapur. Yeah, you know and that that being a big comic book uh city town that's in there um, to Sharon Carter showing up and her whole arc of what's going on with her now, um, to thinking that Zemo double crossed them and he left them to him. Nope, just went to get a car and came back. Uh, so there's a lot that's happening. And like and like Tim said, it, there's there's three there's three three hours left, you know, basically. And there's a lot that has to wrap up. And my big thing is is like, or one thing that I, I'm I'm curious about is. I take it we've all seen the the trailer for this show or the trailers that have been out there. And in the trailers, you see uh, Sam with the shield mm-hmm. in the trailer. So my question is, is how does he get this? And what, what, what are the, what are the, what are the, what is it that, how, how does it come that he now has the shield? You know what I mean? Because in the trailers, we see him have it. I have it. I have and then, uh, so him having it, that's what I'm really curious to see about him having it. And then my other question is um, that I've seen a lot thrown around by some people is that uh, the, 
the new Captain America, John Walker, they're like, well, he must have some sort of, he must have some sort of uh, super serum in him, even if it's like a minute amount, or he, they're not telling us yet, or he has it because they're like, how does he use the shield? How is he able to catch the shield? And I'm like, well, in, and then does, does that go to Sam as well? Because again, we've seen Sam throw the shield, catch the shield, and do things like that. So those are kind of those questions that I have uh, going forward that I want I want to see answers to. I don't I don't think we've seen U.S. agent do anything unhumanly you know possible with that shield yet. Right. So I, I I think that given that I I think what you're going to find is this the storyline for U.S. agent is he he cracks under pressure he can't be Captain America. And he mentally breaks down and becomes less than an anti-hero. He becomes a villain for a while. Um, so I, I think that if they're going to flesh that out in the next three hours, I think somewhere in the next episode or two, if they were going to do that, you would see, you've already seen chinks in the armor. You've seen him kind of like, he can't handle the pressure. His, his sidekick is on him about, you know, Hey man, are you, are you with me? Um, I, I think we're going to see that crack happen. And if that happens, that's where, I mean, we've already seen Sam battling with why he just said this last episode that he shouldn't have given it up. Like he finally acknowledged it wasn't that he thought he did the right thing. Now he's thinking he didn't do the right thing and he should not have given it up. So I think you'll see it's very possible somewhere in the next two episodes, you could see that transpire and U.S. agent be on the bad end of things on the last episode, or they could wait to the last episode and the last 10 minutes to flesh all that out. Like they did in WandaVision. I mean, there, there's so many things they can do. I'm not going to make any theories. It's, yeah. it's fun to watch it play out because they're staying very true to the characters right now. And I, I, mean, I think it's interesting. All that you'd be when the plumber comes over. What's that? What was that? I said, I hate when you see cracks happen, especially when your plumber comes over. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> For those you don't know, Gary's my plumber. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. You were saying something before I said. Oh, I, one thing that's interesting, and, and Micah, you're probably way more versed about this than I am. But I mean, the, the, just the notion, the fact that Zemo had was reading Machiavelli, and I feel like all of these subplots are Machiavellian, right? I mean, there's this whole notion of like doing the wrong thing is okay if you're on the right side and who is the person who dictates what the right side is. And I feel like that's kind of the overlying theme of this show. I don't think it's, you know, we, we talk about us agent kind of breaking with his partner and, you know, just starting to punch people in that one scene. And this part of being like, dude, are you okay? But it's no worse than Bucky breaking Zemo out. And, you know, the flag smashers think they're doing the right thing. And every, and that's Zemo's whole thing is like, I don't like having superpowered people because everybody always thinks they're doing the right thing, but it's wrong to somebody. And I think that's just kind of the overlying theme of the show. So I expect them to explore Bucky and Sam walking that line of being heroes and anti-heroes. And that's kind of the overarching theme here, correct? I mean, is that what you guys take from it? Sure. And that whole idea that the ends justify the means. They can do whatever they want as long as they get rid of the super soldier serum or, or whatever. And it, I was thinking the same thing, Mark, like just that you can't walk back the stuff they've done. And and I will say Zemo is a much more interesting character this go around than he was as a villain in, Winter, in Civil War. Um, you know, he's rich. He's got all this stuff. He's a, I, I, I'm really beginning to like him as a he character. Dances. 
the dance. Yeah, right. What I like about him is he he's obviously very intelligent, but he doesn't complicate things beyond what they are. Like he's just kind of like, cool, go with the flow. Let's see what happens. He's, he's, like, how he's, he's like a lighter version of Negan. <laughs> oh, nice. I like Jerk, how what you think? So kind of like his combat skills in this one. Um, it's funny when I when I look at the when I saw that there was a third, all I could think of was um, all right, so now we have Martin Riggs, Murtaugh, and Joe Pesci. It's so right. But a much cooler and combat ready Leo gets. Um, but I, I think what you're going to find with that whole means to the end, I think you're going to find that's why at the end of this, Bucky won't accept the shield. Like he didn't go for it the first time. He didn't speak up when Cap gave it to Sam because I think he knows that he has that darkness and it wouldn't be able to live up to Cap's um, example. Um, you, you're definitely right. You know, all crack jokes aside um you're definitely seeing the u.s uh well john walker i mean when that guy wouldn't give him up he's screaming do you know who i am so his arrogance is starting to come through um which kind of is also a difference between um steve you know living up to that because the one scene that i could think of was when at the end of the captain america the first avenger when you know basically the red skull has him at his mercy and he's like and he's like, what makes you, th- why are you so special? Why are you here? And he's like, nothing. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. You know, right. he, he was like, he didn't see himself as anything special. Um, and the third thing that really, well, the third thing, I shouldn't say angst. I have one more thing to say after this, but um, I was like, Joe, I wanted to see the Winter Soldier just like turn it up and clear a room. So got to see that. Um, but it was also cool to see that he could just turn it off. He stopped. Yeah. Um, but I, um, the Sharon Carter storyline was really neat because I wasn't sure how they were going to reintroduce her um, and having her as kind of like a uh, smuggler and art, stolen art seller in Madripoor, the criminal empire of the Marvel Universe, which ties to the X-Men. We all, you know, the Prince's Bar was in the background, which has a huge tie to Wolverine and some other characters. But um, there was a storyline, actually, um, Mark Wade's first run through Captain America, where she had been abandoned. Um, and this was after years where they thought she had been dead and she came back and had been abandoned by S.H.I.E.L.D. and was like living basically as she was in this. So it was kind of neat seeing that they're cherry picking from these really cool storylines to pull into this. And that was a really great way to reintroduce her to um this universe by kind of taking her she had been kind of passed over why everyone else got to be heroes again she had to run and fend for herself so curious to see where what happens at the end when sam um ends up with the shield like joe saw you know hint hint wink wink um so we'll uh we'll, we'll see but uh that was uh it was, it was a great episode. I mean, uh, I haven't been disappointed in one of these. I, and I have to say, I probably like this show better than WandaVision. I liked WandaVision, but this this show is more up my alley. I like the whole political intrigue and uh, action. I've got to say, also, I think this show is getting people more excited for Black Widow mm-hmm. also because it's a similar 
style. You know, it's action, it's spy versus spy. It's all, and, and so when the Black Widow trailer came out this weekend, I thought, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm more excited than I was about it. Well, they've so, also said that we were talking about this before we started, um, that this run ties in directly to three Marvel Cinematic Universe projects. So you're going to, you're going to see some connections flesh out. You're not going to see how they flesh out until I would believe the, the MCU movies release and you go, Oh, and yeah. which ones are they, Tim? Cause I was actually curious about that this week. I was thinking, about, I was like, man, which, which movies are this, is this going to tie into? Absolutely. 100% black widow. Um, yeah. They had some scheduling issues beforehand, trying to figure out how they were, were going to schedule this and still release stuff because they didn't want to ruin each project by by the issues they had with COVID. So definitely that one. Um, I would probably believe it's there's going to be a connection to um, Black Panther because now we have a Wakanda tie-in, but they're still they're still writing that. Mm-hmm. So if if there is a tie-in, then they've only talked about it in pre-production, and they're going to have to write that in. And then maybe so, Shang Chi would seem like another logical one potentially. I don't know because it. I don't know how mystic Shang-Chi is going to get. Shang-Chi could go very much the way of like WandaVision and kind of be its own world for a bit. Or they could they could throw the Mandarin directly into it and, and deal with it. You know, you got the Ten Rings to deal with. They could make it a global issue like they did with um, Winter Soldier and, you know, dealing with espionage and governments and such. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that that kind of tie-in where the Ten Rings are this global phenomenon that somehow tie into the backside of what we're going to see in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming up. You yeah, also did Rod- the original. Go ahead, Mike. Rhodey was in the first issue, so you've got War Machine. You could t- you could have the armor kind of tie in. I I don't think we've probably seen the last of him. But I, I felt like when they announced that this directly related to three Marvel projects, I felt like they were saying they related to movies and not like episodal stuff. Hmm. And could I be. think War, War Machine's built to be like an episode run, right? Yeah, Ar- Armor Wars. Armor Wars. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's they they do such a good job of tying things in, and don't forget too that they've you've always got the Fantastic Four that they're just dangling out there. That's it's announced they're doing a movie, but at what point is there going to be a tie-in? Because they've never just cosmically appeared somebody, and and unless you're talking about the first three or four movies where they were you, they were fleshing out the base characters. And there's got to be scrolls in this. I still think that that we have there, somebody's going to be a scroll sooner or later. You know that hasn't even crossed my mind yet because there's every episode is just so much. You're trying to figure out who the players are, and then to fathom that, well, that person's not really that person. They got a different motive because this. Like, what the crap? <laughs> I could definitely. The scroll card is coming. I agree. That's just sitting in the deck. They're just waiting for that one here for sure. I could definitely see this tying in the Shang-Chi a little bit because, I mean, Shang-Chi was basically Marvel's continuation of Enter the Dragon, which was like the ultimate spy movie for Bruce Lee. Um, so I, I could definitely see a little bit of that. Um, definitely Black Widow. At, at least I hope. That's my hope because, I, like I said, I like the storyline in the comics with Black Widow and the Winter Soldier, and it works perfectly tying them together. So... Um, I could even see a little bit of tying into the Hawkeye show for sure. Cause I know, I know they're more going towards the uh, route of the Matt faction um, storyline, but you know, we've already seen that it all ties together. 
Yeah, I can I can only guess. I know the one for sure. The other two, they've I mean they've got a dozen projects already slated to come out in the next like what year? Yep. And if it wasn't for COVID, we'd have a Marvel release 48 out of the 52 weeks this year. That, crazy. That's <laughs> that's crazy to think of. Yeah. I think the cool thing is gonna be is as we watch these shows, you know, we're 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 one and a half shows in right now with another one on the way and another movie. I think as we get towards uh, you know, the end of this year and these movies coming out, all these little plot points and all these threads are gonna start to connect and we're gonna look back and be like, either be like, ah, I saw that coming. Or I think the thing that's going to be more that that's going to happen more often is that we're going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe that they told me this in WandaVision. And here it is three, you know, six months later, here's this movie and it's popped up here. Obviously we know that with WandaVision, there's a lot of Easter eggs that have been thrown out for uh, uh, Dr. Strange and the multiverse matter. You know, we all know that those, those are there, but it's getting to what is, how is this going to play into the Scarlet, uh, not Scarlet Witch, the Black Widow movie? You know, how is that going to play back into here? Because like you said, the scheduling issue is really this, uh, Black Widow should have been out before this came out and how it's going to play out. So that's the interesting thing of watching this and seeing these little threads that are popping up um, that, are, that, that later on down the line, as we all know, Marvel likes to do, is they'll give you something in one movie and then you'll wait six movies later and it'll pop back up and you'll be like, yep, there it is. Okay, here, here we go. Um, kind of thing. So, and, Mark, and, let's, and let's not forget, they're going to, uh, they're going to have to announce more stuff this year. You know I mean? At, at whatever virtual Comic-Con they do and D23 and, you know, is Thunderbolts coming? Because it sure seems like they're setting that up. Is Young right. Avengers coming? Because that looks like it's getting set up. Brooks talked about Dark Avengers last week. You can certainly see that thread being developed. Yes. So, I mean, you know, they're going to announce stuff. And my guess is at the end of this, they aren't able to get Zemo back in jail. And he heads off into the sunset. And he's going to be one of the Thunderbolts, right? I mean, that, that's what it feels the obvious setup. I don't know. But couldn't Zemo happen. being a Baron also be someone who ties into Victor Von Doom? Sure. You know, there's there's so much fun they can have with it. We've also got Spider-Man comes out later this year and it's going to have to tie in somehow, you know, you feel like, you know, I, and we know that Dr. Strange like, is supposed to be there, but. I feel like Spider-Man is going to be its own thing. Mm -hmm. It's going to be about Peter Parker. He's been exposed. It's called No Way Home. Um, you might, you might get some scrawl action there with it being No Way Home. And you saw Samuel L. Jackson as the, as the uh, post credit scene being with the scrolls in space, you you might get some play into that, but I. Yeah, we'll see. Thank you, Marvel. It's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't it interesting though that they, the, the movies they gave us, they followed a comic arc where they brought everyone together for a mega event, right? Right. So now we're getting another aspect of the, of the graphic novel world of, these little stories are so intertwined and they all kind of overlap that you don't really see it until you get that, that culmination at the end, the, uh, the, um, I, I just drew a blank, the collected works of a set of comics. Right. And for example, when guardians of the galaxy first came out, no one had any idea that it was how it was going to tie to the others. Right. You know? 
and, and I think we're, we're in that world right now. We don't know how they all tie together yet. We don't know what the connective thread is. But And, and honestly, you can look at the way the Avengers played out at the end there with the Guardians of the Galaxy as almost kind of like a, oops, right place, right time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and just kind of all played out that way, except for Gamora. Gamora is the piece that tied them directly to Thanos and to the Infinity Stones. Everyone else was just kind of there for the ride. Um, but took a took an alpha approach to things. All right. So as we wrap up our uh, Falcon Winter Soldier discussion, uh, we go around the screen for one thing you'd like to see in episode four. Sanders? Um, as this fleshes out, you know, and as we've been talking, uh, I don't know what I'm looking forward to in the next one because it, I'm always surprised. Um, but I do want to see, uh, you know, I, I, I want to know uh, what role that uh, Sharon's going to play. I, I want to know if she's good or bad. I'm very curious if she is perhaps even the power broker. I wonder, mm-hmm. you know, again, just kind of a, a thing throwing out there. Could she be, you know, what is her role? How does she know so much about what's going on out in the underworld and, and what was already transpiring that had what had just happened to the guy, uh, you know, that was in the bar right before, you know, a, a lot of the different things as, as they're developing this, it's kind of interesting. So I'm, I'm curious the direction they're going to go there. Um, I, I'm looking for some plot twists, some things that we, we just didn't see coming at all. Um, and so I'm just, I guess I'm just eager as a fan just to see the way that they develop this and, you know, how, how big are the, uh, the reveals going to be, you know, but I, I only want to pick up on that. For a second just because last episode three was called the power broker who we never met mm-hmm. and sharon carter at the end of her you know her time she got on the phone and said we've got a problem a couple of them and we don't know who she was talking to right so that that that's an interesting theory jeff that that, that hmm throw it out there just things i think about how much could that be a spin that we just never really saw coming but like could she be you know, I have a counter point to that. Um, she was always tied to Nick Fury. Best buddies with Nick Fury. We know he's still hanging around. Mike, that might be where your scrawl comes in. She might be connected to Fury and Sword. Mm. It could have been Fury that she's talking to for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, she, that, that could explain why she's sitting in Mandapore because Fury sent her there to keep an eye on things. All possible. Joe, what are you looking for? Uh, I'm I'm with Sanders. I'm kind of interested in the Sharon Carter. Uh, I mean, obviously the whole thing, but just that thread and her character and what she's all about. You know, is she the power broker? Um, is she? Has she really? Is this life of crime really what she's doing, or is it just what she's doing to get by? Is it something like she's there? She has nothing else to do. She can't, like she said, she hasn't talked to her family. She can't go back to the states. So she has to do something to survive, um, you know, that hustle. It might as well, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it big. Has it kind of, you know, it's that, it's that trope you see in, uh, in a lot of TV shows and like crime dramas where the person goes undercover, yet they kind of fall into it. They forget that they're undercover. They forget the person they are. They become this criminal. So I'm curious as to who, if that's what she is. And for me, I'm kind of, the other thing is I want, a surprise 
that surprise character to show up. The one that you don't see coming, the one that you're not expecting. Like we all knew about Sharon Carter. We knew about, you know, uh, US Air, uh, John Walker. We knew about all that stuff kind of happening. Like uh, Rhodey in the very first episode was kind of that character that was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting to see, but he wasn't there very long. Mm-hmm. I want to see that character that we all know from the from the movie or something that pops up or and you're just like whoa and they're in it for a little bit that's what i want to see i will crack up of his fake pietro again (laughs) (laughs) that would be great (laughs) he's the thread i would love that you just see evan peters show up (laughs) As the real Ralph Boner, he's really yeah. him. Like there, he's the power broker. Yeah, he's yeah. He's the power broker. Yeah. And then the tagline: it was, it was. Uh, what was it? What was it? Uh, Boner uh, all along. It, yeah, it was Agatha yeah. all along. You know that tagline comes into play somewhere in there. That would just that would just be great. Angles, how about you guys? What are you looking forward to? What would you like to see? Um, I just want to find out who the power broker is. Yeah, I think that, that that's a. I mean, I love the theory that it's Sharon Carter. I think whoever it is, it's going to be really awesome. I mean, whatever costume they have or however they design, whatever the design of the power broker is. I'm also like, it cracks me up. I mean, they they, they talked about the X Men so much during WandaVision in these convoluted ways that they might come through the portal and sneak through the multiverse and everything else. And now you actually have Mandapore, you have the princess bar. We saw like the little X, which looked a lot like the new X-Men logo in the background on the gate and no one's talking about it. It's like, it's, you know, I mean, it's right in front of us. So, I mean, I think they're going to continue to flesh that out. You know, does that mean, are we going to get more uh, conversation about Namor in this? Uh, because Wakanda's in it now. I mean, is that going to be so, somewhere we know he's coming in the next Black Panther movie, but I want to see them flesh out the mutants and what I feel like they're starting to really lay the groundwork for pretty sincerely in this, in this uh, TV show. Yeah. I'm also wondering, actually, are there more uh, serums out there? Are there really only 20 and are they really in the hands of, of the flag smashers or, you know, the, the, that group, you know, I'm curious if there, if there's more, we saw the vials that were still in, of course that place exploded, but I'm wondering what else is out there, you know, just, I, I really enjoy Zemo running wild. I mean, it, there, there's something fun about him in this show right now, whether, he, whether he's Leo gets, I hadn't thought about that connection, but uh, he kind of is. He's the, you know, he's not playing well with others. He's, you know, I was certainly not a fan of Nagel, you know, and, and as Nagel's talking and you could just see him, you knew what he was thinking, you know, and like, okay, don't need this guy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that part, like, I, and th- that was going to be mine, is I'm really looking forward to see what happens with Zemo. I mean, yeah, all the other stuff that you guys said, too, but Zemo is incredibly interesting to me right now. Um, and there was a twinge of me, like, you know, with the whole Machiavelli thing, with how Zemo is in, in the comics, he, he's always got an angle. And there's a small part of me, and I, I'll probably be dead wrong on this, but I'm really suspicious that he's the power broker because mm. he he could uh yeah he could run things from prison the only reason that dude was still in prison is because for some reason he still wanted to be 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that that guy, look how smart he's been. I mean, he he practically took down the entire Avengers team with the Winter Soldier in Civil War. So I love the fact that, that he that was still awesome. sitting there, plus the chessboards, you know, all these clues. You know, I almost feel like it's an R. Kelly song where he's telling us exactly what he's doing, and but you know, we're not like paying attention to it. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's all right there. So um I I'm just curious to see where they go with uh Zemo and just the fact that he's wearing the mask. And now you saw in this episode, whenever he puts that thing on, crap's gonna go down. So uh, I'm like really kind of interested in his character. Hi, bro. <laughs> All right. So at that uh 40 minutes in, we were talking last week, you know, that a, a major, you know, Titan-esque movie event, Godzilla versus King Kong, and most of the folks here have seen it, so uh, I am not one, although I guess I, you know, I could play it, like play like I am one on TV, but um, I open it up the floor for Godzilla versus King Kong. Mark, Mark just bows out. <laughs> nope, you're not ruining it for me. I have nothing to add. <laughs> I especially thought that uh, Sanders did very good as King Kong in that movie. I um, thank you, thank you. Ability was um, top that notch. Was, that was not the first time I've played an ape. Um, <laughs> fact, many were very spry. <laughs> true, true story. I actually do have a relative who was in the original Planet of the Apes who was one of the actual apes in, in that show. No joke. I'm actually telling the truth here. Not, not that I'm a big liar anyway. But. We should interview them for the show, Jeff. Are you serious? Why not? Okay. I, I, I don't know how old he is now. I mean, we're talking about the original Planet of the Apes. We're, we're going way back now. Um, and he was in a nursing home. <laughs> let, let, let me find out. Call it a field trip uh, for educational purposes. There we go. That would be cool. My take on the movie was they didn't break the mold. Um, they didn't really break the uh, the equation for any of the other movies. I mean, it it, it makes me feel like a kid again because um, I I remember like every Godzilla movie, no matter what, you're just super excited for that first scream, like his roar and then you see two giant a giant ape pounding on a giant uh, uh lizard uh, obviously it's going to be entertaining i mean you know we're a bunch of guys who watch ufc fights this was ufc with two giants so it, it was a i mean it was good i would watch it i would probably watch it again but i'm like that with uh science fiction movies i mean i'm about to go back and watch robot jocks again because it's on amazon prime so it's yeah, I'm not hard to please. Will it win an Oscar? Probably not. No. I saw it. It was it it it, it was entertaining. Like Gary said, it was entertaining. You know, I found it very entertaining. Um, there are certain parts where you just you have to go into this knowing you're watching a giant gorilla beat up on a on a giant lizard. You have to go in that knowing that. And there's some suspension of disbelief you have to have going into this. Um, but for me, pers- <laughs> for me personally, it, it didn't do anything outside of what I kind of already expected it to do. Um, 
you know, it, if you watched it, the, the, the trailers, it kind of showed, you kind of figure what's going to happen that you're going to have with the, the, the Godzilla who you comes across as the bad guy and King Kong who comes across as a good guy. And then they have to come together, they fight, and then they realize there's a bigger, a bigger bad. Um, and then the other part, like I like, was that the human story that happened in there was not overwhelming. Um, so they didn't, they didn't, they didn't talk too much about like the human part of it. Um, they had their, like King Kong had his humans that were on his side that were defending him. Godzilla had his human counterparts that were defending him. And then you had the big bad who was against both of them. Um, and they were there just to kind of push the, the story forward towards this fight that was going to happen. Um, the fight on the, the, the fight on the boats was a spectacle to see. Um, the fight inside the ta- inside and was it Hong Kong was just everything. I was like, yep, there it is. It's like watching it. Like Gary said, when you watch it as a kid and you can tell it's two guys in a suit in front of miniatures, just knocking things over. It was that times 10 um, with bright lights and everything like that. You know, um, it's an adventure. It was a good movie. You go into it. You want to be entertained. You know, that's how I felt about it. If you want to just be entertained for a few hours, just go watch it, you know. Now, Joe, oh, go ahead, Gary. No, I was just saying something stupid. Good. <laughs> I was just going to say, on the other side of that, I actually did see some plot things that were uh, kind of unexpected for me. I think it did kind of go in new places with the Hollow Earth. Uh, that was kind of different. The the whole way that they uh, traverse that, where where the Titans come from, if you will. And again, I I know there's a lot of people who haven't seen this. I I, I always try to be mindful of that when I I start talking about the plots. But uh, you talked about like the humans' role. Well, well, really, what was bringing all this on ultimately were humans humans and what they were trying to do and and the power grab of, of trying to be the ultimate titan that we need to rule the roost this earth is ours and so we, you know that really is what precipitated all the all the fighting and all and all the uh you know godzilla even coming out really and and coming after what humans were trying to do so there were sure. some storylines that were that were kind of unique to me that kind of added a, a little bit of flavor to this you know and uh you know why it was happening the way it was so that's just my take was godzuki was godzuki even in the movie should have been, <laughs> been. I, I wasn't I, I wasn't overly impressed with it i liked the previous godzilla movies more than this one um and for the opposite reason of why joe liked it i i like the human element um the human element they gave us in this movie was zero as far as of actually mattering to the storyline when they, they should have spent some time fleshing out how the humans figured out how to harness um, these powers. You know, this, you see a skull and how does this uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched it, the big baddie is mega Godzilla. So how does mega Godzilla go bad on its own without any explanation. And I, they kind of had some things where you had to see, like you had to see the skull to know that they were dabbling with, with these creatures and figuring out how to get into that world and do that mind connection stuff. Well, I thought, but, I thought they explained it because they, yeah. uh, they used um, tissue from King Ghidorah from the previous movie, the three-headed well, uh, dragon thing. So let me say this. I did get up and use the restroom. 
You missed the whole thing, Tim. The, you missed the, one thing, the one thing I had the biggest problem with, they may have covered. Um, you never drink the entire soda. I also didn't like the idea that Kong knew how to parkour in MMA. Like, that was just crazy. He jumps <laughs> off of a building and comes back with this crazy windmill kick that gets Godzilla right in the head. You're like, where'd he learn that? <laughs> he well, did drop kick him. He did drop kick him, which I even laughed at myself. Like, he did this parkour move where he put his hands on the building. He jumped up and sp- like just kicked Godzilla in the chest. And I was like, okay, that's what we're doing now. Okay. Well, like, well he right. is marketing his own whiskey now, proper 20. <laughs> I know that we're dealing with a movie that there's it's I have this conversation with my family all the time. When we leave a movie theater, we'll see some crazy sci-fi movie. They'll be like, there's no way that person's hair could be purple in that time frame. Like, we just watched a movie about Transformers, and what you have a problem with is the purple hair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, I think that they – I don't know. I, I don't see them coming back well with a good storyline with this without having to re – imagine the characters and start the storyline over again for a future Godzilla. I think that they've kind of, they've taken it to such a level that how do they expand from there? The same with the, with the hollow earth, you know, he grows up on an Island on skull Island, but he suddenly knows what the ax is for and how to charge it. And, you know, it's got all these properties and you just, they just, to me, it was, they went way overboard and they didn't need to because this is basic, simple, primal characters that are just going to duke it out. And I enjoyed getting back in theater. I enjoyed that it was a sci-fi movie that got me back into the theater. You know, but I don't know. I guess the last movie I was impressed with in the theater was Endgame. And good luck beating that one. <laughs> Wait, didn't you like the last Star Wars? Oh, that, that was out before. That was a dig. That was a dig. <laughs> I love causing trouble. <laughs> Just trying to bait Tim there. No, a lot of suspension of disbelief. I, I agree. Like some of the storyline, um, I can see them continuing with the Hollow Earth. Uh, obviously, they're going to have to do like separate them again. Like you're going to have to do a Kong movie and Godzilla movie, and then maybe maybe down the road road have them team up against Thanos um but we'll just have to you know you'll just have to see what happens but I I can see them setting up for future with the whole hollow earth thing because because basically the hollow earth is a sword we need to mix some Cybertron Megatron kind of goes back and gets the home planet brings it back oh wait we did that we had dinosaurs there too so we're good well, there is the theory, and I keep saying Pacific Rim, and you guys are probably tired of hearing me saying it, but the, the, there is the theory that they exist in the same universe. That uh, I've heard that too, Gary, about Pacific, they, to tie them into this, the Pacific Rim universe. I've heard that, I've heard that put out there too. Yeah, it's like that yeah. next step of where to go with it is like, oh, well, then they would be in this Pacific Rim kind of thing. I, I'd like to see that. I would genuinely like to see that. It makes you wonder... In terms of if you took out Star Wars and the MCU, you know, you take things like King Kong, Godzilla, James Bond, Mission Impossible. What are the what franchise would you just keep watching movies of no matter what they, you know, every time they put one out? You know, James Bond just seems to keep going. What's that, Tim? 
exactly what I was thinking when you said that is Bond. Because I think I've watched every Bond movie and each time like a new one can't, I mean, even after the Timothy Dalton ones, I like, as soon as a new Bond movie came out, I was like, oh, I got to watch it again. And not that I'm saying Timothy Dalton's were horrible. They weren't the top notch ones of the series, obviously. But I mean, like every one I've watched, every one, every new Bond. And you're, it, I, I haven't been that disappointed in any of them, really. And the classics still kind of have the same pull. Right. It's all about kind of getting the upper hand on the adversary, using gadgets to do it. But in, in the end, it always comes down to Bond having to outsmart somebody. Well, yes, money, Penny. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember um, Tom Cruise was in The Mummy? Yeah. Yeah, the bad one. So that was a series that was supposed to start. And they were supposed to get into the monsters. And what wasn't there another one that they already had done before that? That was tied in the mummy. They did Scorpion King, right? With the rock? No, no, no. There's different series. They were going to do the Universal uh, Monsters all over, like Dracula, Frankenstein. Oh, okay. You're talking about the good mummy movie with um, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I liked that series. That was actually funny. I Um, I didn't mind the Tom Cruise version. I I found myself wanting to see the next movie in the series to see where the storyline goes because Russell Crowe was playing Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Right. But he was kind of the one trying to bring the team together and solve the monster issue. And I think that could have been really fun. I I would keep watching that. So we're talking about outside of MCU realm and things like that. I would, I would have watched that. Every once in a while they talk about trying that franchise again, but they would have to, I mean, I know they moved off and did the invisible man and they kind of took it away from the franchise, but yeah, they were going to do like Frankenstein, Dracula, the mummy, the werewolf, all those over again and make it like a cohesive universe, sort of like the MCU and all. And then the mummy came out and it was like, oh, well, that was a bad idea. And they I'd also like to see another, uh, I'd like to see an after effect, whether it's a Netflix series run or whatever it is of, of M. Night Shyamalan split series. Because yeah. we know there are heroes out there now. I, I, I would love to see that explored. That'd be really cool. Well, and you have the new Fast and the Furious movies coming out. I started um, watching it like number four. Yeah. I, just, I can't take it anymore. Oh, when, they, they, I, they're entertaining. That's a series I would watch. Regardless, that's one. Regardless of what they, what they would do, I would watch it. Just because I, I, for me, it's that stupid entertainment. And every time I watch them, they up the ante. And I'm like, I just want to see, just for my own humor, is there to be like the next like Avengers Endgame kind of movie? And in the background, you see a bunch of sports cars chasing down scrolls or whatever <laughs> and, and, and tying them up with like, uh, like ropes from their car. Like that's, that's the level that they have kind of in my head are starting to get to. Like, like these guys have started off as mechanics right. in a garage driving sports cars and right. thieves with a taco shop to be <laughs> to, to, to jumping over from building to building in supercars and, and, and jumping off of trains and like like just how we got from the first one to now is just amazing to me and it makes me laugh every time i watch a trailer i'm like yep there it is have you, watched, cool. have you watched a new trailer joe yes yes i have and uh, i i'm i'm just like there it is there it is that's 
that's the kind of foolishness that I'm like, yep, that's the Fast and Furious. It's so funny you say that. That was one of the few previews <laughs> for Godzilla and Kong. Well, <laughs> I thought that exact thing as I'm watching. Like, these these idiots started off like stealing from like convenience stores. Now they're like they're like the world's best thief. They have moral character, and they're going to shut down all the bad people in the world. And yes. Yeah. I'm with yeah, you though. You have, if anytime I if I'm if I can't find something on, there's always one of those movies on and they're always entertaining. I mean, you can just put it on and just have fun watching it. Right. What about right. Jurassic Park? Yeah, that's another one. And and yeah. I, I hate to say this, but Harry Potter. I'd watch anything from that world. I'd oh know. yeah, I'd watch the Harry Potters. I've seen them all too. I I I enjoy I enjoyed all of them um you know as as you know some people i mean it's, it's its own franchise just like everything else it falls into it um and I, like i said i i found all of them very enjoyable and I, I would love to see a continuation of you know the older like harry potter being older and now his kids and what happens and moving on or even i think uh moving into like the fantastical beasts the other one that came out i didn't really get into that but just other schools and things like that. I, I, I would still kind of, I would watch them. HBO, JK Rowling with what she said in the last calendar year has kind of put the brakes or at least made them start to rethink, but they've signed an HBO max series. Oh, cool. just for just Hogwarts and what happens in the school. So just be a focus on the students and the teachers and the adventures there. Huh. Yeah. That franchise has had some knocks <laughs> this past year with JK Rowling's Johnny Depp. And then Johnny Depp's, it's like, man, what next? But um, I, it, you just gave me, you guys gave me an idea for an episode we should do. Um, we should do an episode on the movie that you'll always watch when it's on. Oh yeah, uh, it'd be fun. I've yeah, got a few of them. I always, I, I immediately thought of Rain of Fire, the Christian Bale movie. Every time that thing's on TV, I watch it. So that's a good one. Yeah, this shows my level of maturity, grown ups. <laughs> Honestly, as a parent, I get it. Everything they do as parents in that movie, I go, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'm glad the Power Brokers just came on because just reminded me. I was going to throw out Back to School. Drop today. Today. Watch. Back, back to School? school. Yeah, nice. I love Back to School. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, uh, Robert, um, Both Robert, of them. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield. And yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Yep. Is he in that? Yeah, he's the grandson. No, he's not the grandson. He, he's the brother. He, or he's a friend of the son of a son. Yeah. he's like his friend. The Ronnie is a great. He's, he's asking if he was born that way when he's dancing. Did you guys watch the Loki trailer? So yeah, so I was going to move us into the. You know, we've got trailers that that, that are that came out since we last met. Um, you know, and we'll try to get back onto some comic book news next week. But we've got Black Widow and Loki both. You know that that came out with new trailers. Um, both look really good. I have to say oh, that's our show. No. <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw Owen Wilson's, like you know, when they get they gave us the teaser, however many months ago, and you saw Owen Wilson, I was like, huh. I mean, he's certainly a big name. I, I don't know how that's going to go. This one, I really it was like, oh, I, I'm I'm interested in what Owen Wilson's doing now. Like it 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 made me more interested in what his character is all about. Um, but this whole time variance authority idea, and you know, we saw from Endgame that 
Loki used the Tesseract, jumped ship. And so this is the continuation of that. You know, you think, okay, well, he's got to be alive, right? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I think I'm probably looking forward to this one the most. Yeah, I'm really excited because I like how they're putting into like in in uh, in, in Endgame uh, when Hawk went and talked to the Sorcerer Supreme. There, she talked about how if you pluck one out, it makes off a new branch, and that there this is tying directly into that that these branches have now started to come off of the main timeline. So you saw the main timeline that we are all that all these movies all these movies have created this main timeline um and now because loki has plucked himself out of it with the tesseract all these other pieces have branched off and that they're using him um as the one to put it back because i you know and like you said this version of loki is the one that they think can really help can do something to put it back um you know just like like that the, the part that made me really laugh in that whole thing which for me was the cool was when he went in there and the guy <laughs> pushed the stack of papers towards him and was like here sign this for everything that you've ever said <laughs> and you're looking at him like what and he's like this is absurd and then the paper comes out and this one too and it makes you kind of think, like, could you imagine if you had to go somewhere, like, wherever, and like, yep, here's a record of everything you've ever said in your life, sign it, and that's what you said. Um, you know, and then just this whole notion of him having to go through the timeline and put everything back the way it was and the character that the characters that he's having to deal with, you know, <laughs> so you do that. Yeah, I feel I feel like what's really interesting is like as a primer for this, what I feel like this show is going to be, you could watch Legends of Tomorrow, which is a whole different universe and world mm -hmm. and everything else. But the premise is they have these time, what do they call them? That they have to go fix? The, not tiny anomalies wimey. or what do they say? No, I said tiny wimey. It's a Doctor Who reference. <laughs> There's something that they call them an, a, anomalies or something. And Rip Hunter sends him back to go fix that so that the timeline's intact. And it feels like it's going to be kind of the same thing here. But Loki just looks like a lot of fun, right? I mean, it just looks like a blast. It looks kind of out there like WandaVision where it's not the typical storytelling, which I dig. Um, Black Widow, I'm just ready to watch. I mean, it's been a year. I, I feel like they didn't show anything new in the trailer that made me feel any different about it. I'm just ready to see it. I mean, I, and, yeah. uh, I don't want to say get it over with because I'm excited to see it, but I feel like, man, we've been sitting on that one for a year and, you know, no fault of theirs. I just, yeah, yeah it would be great to get it seen. <laughs> I, I would say for Mike's, I'm excited to see Black Widow as well. You know, I really am. And I, I think my, my hope for that movie is that that movie is on par with like the other character movies. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like you had, you had Iron Man, you had Thor, you had Captain America, all had their single movies and they were all good movies and you, they flushed out the character. Um, we all kind of know who Black Widow is from her showings in those other movies. Mm -hmm. But I hope this movie really kind of touches on her background of who she was, where she came from to get to this point. 
and any kind of setup that they're going to do, I hope they do it well. And I hope that the movie really kind of shines for her as a character, you know, that, it, but I hope we come out of that movie watching it, not with like, like, like Mark said, I don't want it to be like, oh, okay, that's done and over with. Finally, let's get to it. I want to come out of that movie and be like, okay, I care about her a little bit more. So that scene, when you get to Endgame and you rewatch it, you have a little bit more of a punch to the gut when she, you know, when she gets to that point of Vormir because you've watched this backstory of her um, and who she was and how she got to be there. Uh, what was this, as she said in the, in, uh, I think it was the first Avengers, what is her, what is the red in her ledger, you know, that she's trying to get there? What is some of that that is there? Uh, and then just this whole, her whole family in there, you know, um, and then uh, the whole notion of possibly setting up a new Black Widow with her her sister, uh, Yelena Belova, setting her up, possibly setting her up to be the new Black Widow moving forward into uh, the MCU. And if that's going to be the case of setting her up to a character that we want to see, not just the character that they're just, oh, well, we got rid of her. We're just going to throw her in. Okay, here she is. Okay. I hope they do it in a way where I want to see her as the new Black Widow. I want to care about who she is. I want to see her in more things when, you know, whether they put her in these TV shows or they put her in the next movies. I want to see her be, I want to care about that character if that's what they're going to go for. Like they did with Rambo. You know, I mean, I feel like I really want to see Monica Rambo going forward, probably more than I want to see Carol Danvers at this point. But they got to be, they've got to be careful simply killing off characters and replacing them. You know, I mean, you've got these stupid fans who are threatening the, the U.S. agent actor for playing a role he's supposed to be playing. Right. It's like, that's exactly who the character's supposed to be. He's not going to be Captain America. Take a breath, people. Yeah. Um, but when you start taking characters and just replacing them because, hey, we need, new, we need to continue a storyline in a new way, don't. You have so many Marvel characters you can play off of. You know, and I hope that coming out of it, they do one of two things. They either end the Black Widow storyline in its entirety, or they establish it in such a way that it can go for it with substance, like Joe just said. Right. And I think that's one of the things that comes down to it's the, it's the, okay, why are we doing a Black Widow movie? And, and yes, Scarlett Johansson is great. The, the character is great. We already know that she's been killed in, in Endgame. So, What's the reason, what's, the, what's driving this forward to be one of the movies Marvel is backing and putting together? And, and you know, like Joe said, I, I, I think maybe the sister, somebody, some character in continuity needs to come out of it. And I'm not sure what yet. The, 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 the guess would be her sister or something, or that there's some nugget from the past that, that makes a big difference in the future. But yeah, I mean, it's it's MCU. I'll go see it. I'll look forward to it. I, it looks fun. Taskmaster looks like it's gonna he, he or she is gonna be a cool villain. Um, you know, not a big bad, but a, you know, for the for the movie. Um, yeah, I don't, know if, I don't know if it's because of what COVID did to us for the last calendar year. I I'm honestly not excited about it. I mean, I just kind of I feel like it was. It's I, I haven't seen it yet, but. I feel like it's a filler movie, you know, and I, I, I hope that's not the case. I, I Marvel hasn't made that step yet. Carol Danvers and Captain 
Marvel was almost that, you know, they try to retcon in certain details and stuff. It was very cleverly done and I enjoyed it. So I have no reason to think that this would be any different, but I don't know. I think it's a filler film for me. I mean, of all the Marvel films, this is the one I'm looking forward to least. And then you go adversely to Loki and that thing just looks, it looks full of information and tidbits. I mean, just the idea in that trailer that they're not mad about what the Avengers did with the Infinity Stones and Steve Rogers putting everything back. Loki is the one who screwed everything up. Like you're the screw up and you need to fix it. So just Loki taking that step in Endgame is creating all this chaos moving forward. And we know we have some of the major villains and players coming into this next phase as far as the, 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 the keepers of time and such all revolve around this now. And it's all because of Loki. So he's going to play a much bigger part than I think anybody really thinks. And, yeah. and tie, tying the two together, did, was, was that a shot of Black Widow in the Loki trailer? Did anybody else catch that? But it wasn't in the more recent one, right? It was in one, like, two or no, three. I, in right? this one today, we saw it. It looked like he's sitting next to her in one of the scenes in that trailer. It, it is. I saw that too, Mark. And I can, I can say it's not her. I don't – if people – People don't know. I don't want to because I, I heard I was watching another thing about it. And it's it's online and you can find out the premise of the of the show. And I don't really want to say here just in case people who are watching or any of you guys just don't want to know. But I can, I will tell you that that's not that's not Scarlet. That's not the Scar. That's not Black Widow sitting there. But that is one of the characters that he has to deal with in in the show. And the and it's part of the premise of the show. Again, like I said, if, if people don't want to know about it and have it searched out of exactly what's happening, I don't want to say because I don't want to spoil it for anybody if you don't want to know. And like I said, I only knew because I, I'd heard a couple of things and was watching a few reviews of exactly what's going on with the show. Um, but I saw that same thing. And that was the thing when it first came out as a lot of people was like, oh, that's 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 Black Widow sitting there and she's on Vormir and they're going to go there and talk to her and this, that, and the third. Uh, but they, you know, they've since come out and said, no, that's not who that is. That's, this is a character in the show and is part of one of the, 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 the characters that Loki has to deal with, uh, with, with, with fixing everything. Cool. And of course the question is, Loki says, you know, do you actually think that you can manipulate me? You know, and yeah. so who is going to be pulling the strings by the end of the show? Who is going to have the upper hand? It's so it's so funny in that exchange. Owen Wilson's going, "Of course you are. Of course you're smart." Like he's got to be going, "Like what? What? What does that mean? Like, oh, what does that? Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> What's that supposed to mean?" Yeah. And the other one was he says he's like, and, and Loki being Loki, oh you you can trust me. You know, and Owen Wilson's character is like, I have watched your entire life. I have literally stabbed people in the back 50 times. And Loki's like, well, I won't do it anymore. Yeah. And that's just, <laughs> that's, that's that, that trickster character that he plays, being the trickster of Loki. Of course Loki would say that. Well, of course you can trust me. No, I know I can't. Well, I'm not going to do it again. You know, I won't do it on you. And, you know, so that's... Yeah. The opening scene of that of the newest trailer is just some random guard walking with loki he's got the test rack in the other hand and he's to him it's just a trivial object like you moron it's it's as a police officer when you walk into the jail cell <laughs> and you've got 
like the evidence of the crime of like the rock that went through the window and the suspect with you and they're just like what like it's right here (laughs) here dummy (laughs) i got you that's exactly what i see playing out right there yeah but loki's going to be that guy that's going to try to talk his way out of it and be like i don't know what that is what do you mean i didn't have that you're the one holding it not me I don't know where that came from kind of thing, you know, that that's kind of always trying to talk. Because if you really think about it, and this Loki is coming directly from, was it Avengers? The first yes. Avengers. Yeah. The first Avengers. So he's coming directly from that. Like, uh, I was about to say King Kong, but Hulk has already like, you know, smashed him back and forward. He was already in that containment, you know, talking to Nick Fury, where he tricked Thor into... You know, all that. He's just coming out of all that. So he's still, he hasn't had that character arc that we saw that came through from uh, Ragnarok to Endgame right. to where he was willing to sacrifice himself. Dark We're still world. seeing that, that's, yeah, Dark World, mm-hmm. that whole thing. We're still seeing, this is the selfish Loki from mm-hmm. the first time we see him, you know, to that bow to me with the big horns and everything. So that's the Loki we're seeing here. Um you know, we're, he hasn't had any kind of redemption arc. He's coming straight out of that um, into this. So you still get that, like that. What? I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. That's, that's not me. I I didn't do that. What? Did, no. You can is, trust me. Wouldn't it be interesting if, as they put the timeline back together, Loki actually has to watch the things play out that molded him into the person he was at the end, like his mom dying and things like that. Could be. Yeah. That would be really interesting. And then you still get that redemptive Loki in the end. Right. Yeah, there, there's, there's lots alive. of lines. Of and I think Tom Huddleston and, and just the whole, I mean, he's one of the most interesting and pivotal characters in the whole MCU, for sure. And most fun, for sure. Oh, yeah. Most for sure. It's, it's, it's his chaos that's creating the whole next phase. <laughs> it's, it's, to me, it's hilarious. <laughs> like, of course it's Loki. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, you can say something, Jeff. Um, I'm just enjoying listening to all you guys as you are uh, talking out and fleshing out what's going to be happening next in the next phase. Um, truth is, I think it's kind of interesting that we're going to go back and we're going to see a couple of shows about two characters that are dead in in the timeline i think that's kind of strange i mean i guess we're putting bookends i i don't know there must be a great reason for you know marvel choosing to go that way kevin faggy is a genius he he obviously is a great you know writer or or at least the person who helps put everything together but i just think it's interesting we're about to go back we're, we're looking at the, the lives of of people who are gone and and how does that impact what we see going forward? Because like you just said, Tim, we're we're looking into the chaos going into phase five. But how, how does it how does it relate? How does it correlate? You know, and well, so it's kind of interesting. Don't undersell. I mean, they, they killed off two of the big three. Chris Hemsworth is still in the MCU. He's still playing Thor. And. Now that Loki is alive, there's a character arc or story arc that has has to be fleshed out now. Of because when we leave off, no one in Endgame knows Loki's alive because right. he he exited right. out of the timeline ten years earlier or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So they don't even know he's alive at this point. 
And I have a feeling that if Thor finds out he's alive, he's, he's going to want to create closure for that, you know, go find Loki, bring him back into the fold, bring him back to Asgard. You're going to, you're going to see a lot of that flesh out and it, it would, it, they've created a storyline to be open for a long time that would help Chris Hemsworth's character stay relevant and remain within the MCU. Let's not forget Thor Love and Thunder is coming out as well. So like you said, like Tim said, there's that kind of, yeah, there's that, there's that thread that could be plugged in there. But as you were saying. Because remember he leaves with them and they have another one coming out. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's got to be some play on what he's doing with them, even if it's very quickly, but he parts ways with them. There's he's with them at this point. All right, gang. Well, that's got us at about quarter after eight. And uh, so we'll in next week, we'll have one more episode, one more hour or so of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Maybe we'll have some new characters and, and who knows what else is going to happen in the next week. So um, tune back in. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody.